Hello, welcome to another episode of Papa Bear Hikes. I'm excited to welcome aboard another participant in our Papa Bear Hikes 2022 Appalachian Trail through hike team. This guest has worked as a trail angel. He's done some volunteer work helping out through hikers, but this year's his turn to go out and hike it. Stan, the man, Suter, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Thank you, Papa Bear. Glad to be on. And uh, I really feel privileged uh, to be on this podcast. Well, Stan, it's it's great to have you on. I've watched your, your YouTube videos and uh, you do a great job with that. Thank you. And as I've told our people in previous episodes, we are looking to to really cheer on those of you who are going to take on this challenge of hiking the the trail end to end. Before we go any further, thank you for volunteering to take part in this with us and allowing us to follow you on your journey in 2022. Hey, that, that really excites me. I'm really, I'm really privileged and just happy to be a part. Stan, let's start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, from New York city, lived here approximately 40 years um, work for an electrician as a project manager and estimator. And I've worked for only two contractors my whole life. Uh, one for 20 some odd years, almost 30, and last one for about uh, five years. And I'm 64, uh, retiring, and can't wait to start my trek on the Appalachian Trail. It's been a seven-year countdown for me, and and I'm just excited. I um, I have two kids uh, and, and, and brothers and sisters urging me on. Um, I'm, I'm a divorced guy and um, just really looking forward to getting out there and experiencing, you know, this, this trail. I've been backpacking uh, for quite a few years now. Uh, I always was a day hiker uh, my whole life. And then I started to get the surge about the Appalachian Trail. And I said, you know what? I better get out there and start doing some backpacking just to see if I like it and to make sure that's cut out for me as opposed to just like day hiking. So that's kind of my, you know, my background a little bit in a small portion. And I grew up across the river from New York and having the trail that close to where you live, mm-hmm. anybody who likes the outdoors, or my first time out on, the AT was at seven years old, but it seemed like it was always calling me. And being yeah. in New York, yourself being somebody who loves the outdoors, you had that feeling that this is something I've really got to explore. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I I feel like this trail particularly has a call on my life, and I, I can't explain it. I think it's something that kind of like God placed in my heart uh, just to get out and hike this trail. And um, it's – I. Like I said, it's 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 there and it's what drives me and pushes me. And I love the outdoors. Um, I love the mountains. I love to hike. I, I love it. And I love everything about the Appalachian Trail. And so when I started to get that urge, um, man, I started reading books and watching vlogs and just and, and most importantly, I started getting out on the trail itself. And that's, you know, when the idea started getting in my my heart i started seeing you know trail angels and people's vlogs and i was like what about you know what a better way to to get out and train but to also carry out trail magic so that's what i started to do yeah that's my next question because in your introductory video you talk about that you've done trail angel work 
And for those of the those of you who may not be familiar with what a trail angel is, is these are people that just volunteer to go out and help hikers. They whether it's bringing them some cold refreshments, helping with a ride into town, just doing what they can. Just basically strangers offering kindness to hikers. Stan, you've done some of this work. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it kind of started out. I was just like, well, I'm going to carry out extra Snicker bars because I saw people like to eat Snicker bars on the trail. So I started with that, carrying, you know, a bunch of different kinds of bars and different things and just handing them out. Then I figured it out that they already had those things. You know, most people were already carrying Snicker bars or some kind of bar or the candy of some sort. So I said, why don't I carry out something that they're not going to carry out, you know, be able to carry out on a over course of a few days and start to figure out what do I want when I'm out there for three or four days. And I'm like, man, I, I enjoy cold drinks. So what I started doing was I would take Powerades and I would stick them in the freezer and I, you know, let them freeze overnight. And then I'd go out, and by the time I'd meet, actually meet hikers, and I would throw maybe eight to ten Powerades in my day pack. So, you know, that gets pretty heavy. So I thought, well, this is this is great. It's heavy, but I can train. So I liked having the weight. But as I would walk along and meet through hikers, um, I would just introduce myself and say, hey, I'm carrying Trail Magic out. Would you like a Powerade? And uh, they were always like, great, because it, it t- actually turns into a nice slushy at that point. You know, they start to thaw out and then, you know, it's it's really um, and it really changes people day people's day as you can give them something that, you know, kickstarts them or, or they enjoy. I I can remember one guy saying, wow, this has totally changed the course of my day. As he walked away, he wasn't even saying it to me. He was just so happy to have this power aid. And from that from that time on, I was hooked. I was like, I have to carry out as many power aids as I can. A few years ago, I was hiking through Massachusetts on the AT, and I had a three or four day stretch where it was really hot. I usually don't drink uh, cola, yeah. But a few of us got to a trailhead, and somebody had left us a cooler with some cold cola in it. And mm-hmm. it tasted delicious. And that's why, you know, when you say hikers appreciate that, I am sure because for these people now, you're, you're in New York, you're seeing people that most of their liquid is just spring water. So to yeah. drink something that tastes, has a little bit more taste to it, uh, yep. it's that cold. Yeah, that's got to be so uplifting. And and again, it comes out of the kindness of strangers. Yep. And, and during like June and July, those sources in New York, uh, New Jersey, those sources get pretty dry at times. And so what's up there is not always that good. So do you give someone something really cold that they can enjoy? Um, you know, and I, and I try to get to areas where I know there's not delis around and this and that so that, that, you know, they can take advantage of having something, you know, when there's not a store around or something like that. Right. Because I know I'm very familiar with that area. And uh, you could go a long way where you're going to, where you won't have an opportunity to, as you said, just go off the trail and go to a store, a convenience store, and right. get a Powerade or a Gatorade, whatever cold, refreshing drink you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So to just in the middle of the woods, somebody say, Hey, here, here's a Powerade. That's yeah, good. yeah. I can see how that could change somebody's day. That could turn somebody's day around, especially if they're having a bad day. Well, it kind of changes my day when I have one, you know? So I'm like, Yeah, let me pass them out to people. 
And Stan, maybe it'll bring you some good karma, some good trail karma. That is actually what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that, you know, all of the trail magic that I've done over the last six, seven years, um, you know, will just come back to me, you know, and I can meet people on the trail. And uh, th- there's so many kind people out there, you, you know, on, on these trails, so many generous, kind, unselfish people that just give. And, and I, I can't wait to meet some of those people out there. I, I've already met a lot of people, you know, different through hikers and trail angels along the way. And um, I'm just excited to reconnect with people and excited to meet more people as I go. We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using their permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they'll likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible high quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. You know, I think getting out on these trails, spending whether it's a few weeks or in your case, through hiking, where you'll be out there for several months. I know myself personally, I come back from my multi-week hikes feeling like I have a restored faith that Absolutely. we can do better. We can't. We are capable of doing better because I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I've seen that there Absolutely. is still a lot of kindness in the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. So Stan, you talked a little bit about what motivated you, right? You've been this has been years in the works thinking about doing this. Was there any particular situation or incident that motivated you to want to hike through hike the AT or is this just the excitement building and now I'm going to do it? Started to build and, but I never thought I used to talk to one of my daughters about it and say, Hey, do you ever think I could, you know, we would, you, you would want to through hike or that I would want to do it. And I, I, I always kind of thought, well, I'm kind of a day hiker. I like to get up and hike and then come back to my, um, you know, come back to my bed and sleep in a warm bed and have a nice meal. And I, yeah, I still like that and, you know, get a good shower. But then, um, and I, I, I was like, could I handle the, the dirt and the grime and the, you know, not taking a shower for a week, you know, for days on end and not having the food I want right at my fingertips. And, um, but I started to read, I saw a book. I, I can't remember the name of the author. I think it's Stutzman, Hiking Through. And yes, and I picked up that book and I read it and I was hooked. And every, I, I get a little emotional, but like every place that he mentioned on the, in that book, I would have to stop and set it down and Google that place as, as, you know, like Charlie's Bunyan and, and um, you know, some of these places, you know, McAfee's knob or, you know, how Tinker cliffs and, and all these places along, along the trail, I would, I would stop and I would look them up and look at the pictures. 
and it was like I've got to go there. I've got yeah, I, I have to, I have to get to these places, and uh, it was just exciting. And 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 my passion began to grow at that point. And then it went from that to, of course, Dixie. I started watching Dixie's vlog. She was the first person I ever watched, and um, and and it just inspired me. Uh, and at one point, she said, "You know, I I I I didn't know that there were a lot of retirees out there. I thought, well, I should have I would have had to have done this when I was young." And she said um, at this this one point, she was like, hey, it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, what you've been through, whatever, you can get out and do this. And I and at that moment, I said, I'm doing it. And so from 2015 on to now has been that countdown and 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 it's just grown in me. And I I feel um, I, I just feel a part of the community so much already. Uh, one of my friends, a, a, a YouTuber who you may know about is Spielberg. Uh, he's also from New York. And and every now and then we'll get together. And he told me, you know, once you make that decision to, to, um, to hike the AT, you're part of the community, you're on it already. And I think he knew that from experience. And, and that's really the way I feel. Yes, Dan, we spoke briefly before the interview we have this in common we're kind of hiking junkies right we love yeah reading about watching the youtubes and i'm a couple years younger than you my wife will listen to this so i'm gonna warn her that this is what's to come okay this it's it's um it's inevitable okay it's gonna happen yep. all right wendy <laughs> if you're listening stan to be successful at this of course there needs to be a support system in place at home and it sounds like you have that it sounds like your family is 100 mm-hmm. percent behind you oh yeah i have um my my whole family. I have, a, I have a brother. I have three sisters. My mother. My father recently passed. Um, my two daughters. Um, you know, the, the her husband. One of my daughter's husbands. My granddaughter. Uh, the, my other daughter's boyfriend. They are all a hundred percent behind me. And as a matter of fact, I've got this big entourage going down with me to Georgia, just to send me off. So I, you know, how, how blessed do I feel when some people really don't have that support system? How blessed do I feel to have, you know, my whole family a hundred, hundred percent behind me, you know, following the vlogs and, and, uh, you know, just saying that, you know, my daughter wants to come and meet me along the trail and do trail magic. It's just, it's great to feel that. And I have a lot of friends behind me too. And that's got to make you feel special. I mean, they love you enough to say, this is, we're going to give up being around you because your daughters, your grandchildren, mm-hmm. they're going to give up seeing you for five to six months. Absolutely. But they yeah. care enough about you and want to see you be successful. They're right there yeah. behind you and they're going to go down here and see you off. And one of my daughters is here in New York. So I really, I can't wait to hike here from Georgia and, you know, see her again. Maybe we can, you know, when I'm here, we can, I can take a couple of days off. If the Mets are in town, maybe we can catch a Mets game or do something in the city. It'd be fun. I've seen you've been doing some prep hikes. Yep. Uh, you've been out on the AT and in New York and New Jersey area getting some prep hikes in. Yes. Uh, anything else you're doing to prepare physically? Uh, not real. I mean, I do push-ups um, every morning. I 
you know, mostly what I do is, is hike, which I think is the best way that you can hike and prepare. Best way you can prepare for hiking is to hike. Um, I stretch every morning uh, just to try to keep limber. And um, no, that that's about it. Mentally, I've, I feel prepared. Um, I am just hoping and praying that, you know, my jo- all my joints hold up uh, as I do this long hike because it's, you know, it's one thing to go out and hike on weekends and, you know, and, and, and feel in shape. It's another thing to do it day after day after day after day. You know, and and I so I'm just just hoping and praying all of my joints hold up and you know no serious accidents happen. I guess that's my biggest fear and concern is that something will happen to derail my hike physically. I I really don't think anything could happen mentally to derail it. I feel like hey I'm you know I'm I've got it you know I I can do it. Um, I've already done six states, almost seven. Um, yeah, I've and but most of it, most of it is it's through day hiking. I've done some section hikes that are, you know, five six days. I did one up in Vermont uh, that long. I've done done some stuff in Virginia, but I have done literally well over, you know, probably between a thousand and 2000 miles on the trail in the last seven years, just doing trail magic. Because what I do is I hike in, you know, I may hike in 10 miles and then I have to hike back out 10 miles. And I'll do that over and over again. Imagine in New York and New Jersey, you know, you get on, you've done these trails multiple times over, over seven years, but I've, I have hiked from, uh, West Virginia, all the way up through Connecticut and part of Massachusetts. I've done all of that. Uh, so I'm really familiar with this, with this section and, you know, around this area. And, and like I said, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been fun. And I've done most of it on day hikes and, you know, two, three day trips, something like that. So I've, I've actually trained on very challenging terrain you know, all the rocks in PA and New York is not a joke. There's a lot of rocks and puds in New York and New Jersey. So I know what it is to do that. But what I don't know what what it is to do is to do it day and day and day over and over again with the rain and the dirt. And, you know, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And Stan, it sounds like you're somebody who's going in this realistically. Obviously, if you've been out on the trail and you've been following this, you know, it's not all gonna. It's not all rainbows. No, for sure. That is for sure. You sound like you're physically and mentally prepared to to take this on, and that's great. Yeah, we. Uh, I did with a friend this past winter. Did a section up in Connecticut into Massachusetts. We went over Bear Mountain in the winter, and we had to come down that steep side of Bear Mountain with it covered in a sheet of ice and snow. And so, boy, that was tough. But uh, I have a skiing background as well. So I kind of know how to navigate ice in the, in the East. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it was a little treacherous coming down that. And we did some hiking at night as well while it was snowing. I found out it's kind of difficult sometimes to locate a shelter when your phone craps out. 
and you're and you're hiking with the headlamp with it snowing, you know, we had to locate the shelter and I uh, found out it was a little tough to do. And, uh, but it, it, it was a good hike. And that prepares you for those cold stretches you're probably going to come across early on and possibly even when you get into Maine. Yeah, absolutely. Once you hit the whites, the whites can throw anything at you weather-wise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know Washington can 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 do it. I, I was up there one year and uh, we, I wasn't hiking it, but it was a beautiful sunny day. And uh, we were going to take the car up to the top of Mount Washington. And uh, there was a little cloud on top up there. And when I got up there, there was like a 60, 70 mile an hour wind blowing. And, you know, it was raining. And I was like, wow, it's like a hurricane up here. It was just a little crazy. And then went back down to the base of the mountain and it was sunny, a beautiful day. So I know that Washington can, can throw you anything. Now you talked about, you know, the, this is your first like long-term backpacking trip and the not being used to the dirt and the grime and the, and the joints. I'm just going to share this with you with doing two and a half to three week trips. You get yeah. used to the dirt and as somebody who has joint problems, everything starts to hurt after a while anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's what they make vitamin I for. Exactly. In your planning here, I'm not sure how far you are into this, but have you been looking at or do you have a resupply strategy yet? Yep. Just uh, I'm not sending myself food boxes. I am on some medications. I have to send myself some medications, um, which, you know, it shouldn't be too hard to figure out. Uh, But yeah, my resupply strategy is get to town and eat whatever I can and as many calories as I can and, and eat as, as well as I can while I'm in town, you know, and hopefully I'll be in town. I'm a retiree. So, so, you know, money's not going to be as big of issues as it is for some people. So I'll be able to, to get into town and, you know, clean up and stay in a halfway decent place and hopefully get a lot of good calories and eat healthy for a day or so Every, you know, 10 days or so is is what my hope is. I, I really don't want to send myself too many like resupply boxes uh, because of the fact I don't want to get into a town and have it not show up and then, you know, have to get stuck in that town for, you know, a weekend waiting for the post office. So, um and I know too, my food tastes may change over the course of time too. So, well, yeah, you and I have watched a lot of the same videos, and you hear that, right? Resupply boxes. The risk you run is in a month or two, what you packed in January or February, you might might just start tasting disgusting to you. Exactly, and and I've you know hiked with enough through hikers, giving them trail magic and doing things with them and for them to know that you know you get into town, it's really fun to go out, and you know. You don't want to eat your food. You want to go out and have a nice, fun time. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's that's my strategy. Don't really have a big one. Just, you know, eat what I can when I can um, and, you know, resupply in the towns as I go. I interviewed Terry Coyle, who has the YouTube channel Hiker Trash. Yeah. And he's planning on doing a documentary this year on the uh, AT. He did one, I think, back in maybe it was 2000. 13 or 12, but he's doing a new one this okay. year. And I asked him at, towards the end of the interview, what advice would you give to people hiking the trail? And he said, my 
you know, one of the first piece of advice is have enough money. And if you don't have enough money, don't hike it. And for the reasons you pointed out, when you get to town, you're going to want to be able to go into town and have a nice meal. You're going to develop friendships or acquaintances along the way. You don't want to have to stay back because you can't afford to go get a cold beer and a slice of pizza. Yeah, exactly. I remember too, uh, Bigfoot, you're probably familiar with Bigfoot. He, uh, him, him telling me that, you know, you want to be able to get in to town and every now and then do something that makes you feel normal again. You know, go clean up and go to a movie or clean up, do something, you know, go, go and have a nice dinner somewhere. Um, and I thought that that was, that was really good advice as well. My experience with the long trail, it's those experiences in town that just make the trip so much more special. It just adds mm-hmm. to the journey, to the specialness of the journey. It's just yeah. those times in town. Yeah, I mean, You're not hiking, but you're experiencing something different. Yep. And, and I like doing it with people. And that's kind of one reason, you know, people try to avoid the bubble. And I understand that. But the trail is such a social experience, and I enjoy the the social aspect of it. So I'm leaving right in the middle of the bubble, and it just to, I kind of did it intentionally, just because you know I want to be able to experience time with other hikers, you know, going into town and having those social interactions. I've done that with my section hikes, my multi week section hikes, and for two reasons: one is the safety and numbers. Mm-hmm. I always can. I tell my wife, I'm not hiking solo. It's, I'm right. really not. And you're right. If you're with the bubble, you're never really by yourself. You have those periods where you're hiking alone, but you know there's somebody that's going to pass you one direction or the other, whether it's a day hiker or another through hiker or a section hiker. And when you get into camp, you're with other people. And I, I, I agree. The social aspect of it just adds to the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking... I, I'm looking so forward to that, you know, just meeting new people. And I've I've made so many friends on this trail, just doing trail magic that, you know, people that I'm, I'm still connect connected with today uh, that we, you know, I, I talk to them. I, I text them. I, you know, some of them are going to come out and do trail magic for me, you know, this year on the trail. So, you know, it's, it's like, you make these lifelong connections out on this trail and it's, it's just a great experience. At this point, Stan, do you have an estimated departure date? Yep. March 15th. And uh, like you said, right in the middle of the bubble. And um, I'm thinking, you know, I'll, of course, no one knows. Everybody tells me, Stan, your biggest problem. We know the way you hike. Your biggest struggle is going to be that you're going to want to do too many miles, too fast and too far right at the start. Do yourself a favor, slow down, and take your time. And uh, th- and I know that, that, that they're right about that because I tend to push myself. I'll be like, oh, I can knock 15 out. I can knock 20 out. No problem at all. Oh, maybe I can do 25 today. You know, and I, I'm going to want to attempt to do that too fast. So... I think vlogging will actually help slow me down a little bit um, because I'll have to be taking videos and editing and this and that. And, I'll, and I'm trying to put out a quality video that I can be proud of that I can put out there because I like to try to be inspirational on my vlogs. So I want to give people something that they can look at and say, 
yeah, that I really, you know, that's beautiful. Or I like the music he put with that. Or, you know, I like the people he shot or whatever. So I think that has slowed me down. But I'm, I'm starting March 15th. I'm thinking that sometime I will probably maybe middle March. You know, I'm thinking five months or so I can knock the trail out. And I'm, I'm actually trying to get back for September 3rd which is my mother's 90th birthday party. So that's that's a little bit of a motivating factor. But I, like I said, I got to be careful not to try to do it too fast, too quick at the start. Yeah, and I think for those of us over the age of 50, I think we could sometimes be awfully tempted to push ourselves when we look at these guys in their 20s and, thir- 20s and 30s yeah. that are in top condition and yeah, I used to be in that kind of shape. Well, I'm not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm not going to be able to hit the trail on day one and do 20 miles. Exactly. I wish I was 50 again. <laughs> yeah, you're going to start on the, the 15th and make your way up there. And it sounds like you're, you're like looking ahead too. You said you got these plans. Hopefully you can meet up with your daughter once you get into New York. Anything else along the way? Any special plans of things you that are on your list you want to see on your way up to Katahdin? Man, I well, I've I've done the the uh, trifecta, the triple crown in Virginia, um, so I was always looking forward to that. I've done Charlie's Bunyan. I've always looked forward to that. Um, Max Patch, I can't wait to see Max Patch and some of these you know famous hostels along the way. I can't wait to hike through the Smokies all the way. Uh, you know, even though you have the shelter thing there. Um, where we're all crammed together, you know, in those shelters. Um, I am looking, the thing I'm looking most forward to is is uh, New Hampshire, uh, the Whites, of course, and Maine. I I see these, these pictures from Maine. I've never been to that area of Maine, and I am just blown away by the scenery of Maine with the, with the peaks and the lakes. And, and that, to me, that's going to be a highlight. Um, I wish I could hit Maine in the fall, but I'm afraid I'm going to be a little bit before it, if, especially if I want to get back by September 3rd in time for my, you know, mother's birthday. But, you know, I said, hey, I'll be retired. I could drive right back up there and see those do some sections up there in Maine if, if my body's up to it and I feel like it um, and go right back up to Maine, see it in the fall and do some trail magic. Here's the beauty of doing it as a retiree. You don't have that, you know, you, you want to be back by September 3rd. Right. But as a retiree, if for some reason you got to hop off and go to your mother's birthday party. I could do it. You've got that flexibility. If there's something that just slow you down by a week or two, it's like, well, okay, I'll get off, go home. And I can get back on the trail. You, so yeah, you you're void of that kind of pressure. That I have a, I have a job to get back to. Or, That's you know. absolutely true. One thing that I that I feel like like I have this tension in me is you know yes, hike your own hike, and I can get off and do things. I don't have any reason to be done by a certain time. I mean, I I, I could I could go back and then you know to my mother's party and then come back and get back up into Maine. But, you know, I like the idea of a tramley and, you know, finish hiking with maybe a tramley the last, you know, two, three months of the trail and you finish together with them. And that kind of I 
I could feel my can feel there's a tension in me already that if I had to get off trail, it's like I don't want to get off trail. You know, I want to finish with this incredible group of people that I've been hiking with and I want to finish with them. So I already feel that tension inside of me that if I would have to get off, oh man, I might lose a great tramway. You know, and I and I don't want to do that. Yeah, you and I have seen the stories, of course, because we watch enough YouTubes of people who have to get off briefly, but they want to catch up to their family, you know, yep. as they get further north, right? It seems like maybe somewhere between northern Pennsylvania for on north, if yep. they have to get off for some reason, I need to catch up with my family. Exactly. And, and boy, if that happened to me, if I needed to do that, you know, I would be pushing the miles to do that. I would be hiking extra, as long as I was physically able, I would be hiking extra you know, miles to catch up with them. Stan, I want to talk about your YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. I've watched what you're doing. I think you put out really quality videos, and I'm urging everybody to go check out the channel. But tell us a little bit about the channel. Okay. it's uh, I put up a couple videos quite a few years ago at, at, uh, at uh, Trail Days, and then one with my granddaughter that I never finished. And that's because I felt electronically challenged. The biggest thing I was so worried about as this hike was approaching is I've, um, you know, just just the ability to be able to, to edit, you know, especially on trail and figure out how to do this whole thing. Because I, I, you know, I like I said, I did something I'm, I'd never done before. Um, I have I have a friend here in Staten Island who's attempted to through hike twice. Uh, you might be familiar with her channel, Act Old Later, um, Try Try. And she she's helping me. She helped me learn how to do this, uh, to, you know, be able to add it and to make a thumbnail. And and so I'm, she has really helped me out a lot. So I want to give her some props for that. And uh, But, yeah, I, I just – I've been enjoying making videos. Um, I want to make more and, you know, before I, before I hike, I'll, pr- I'll put out a gear video and a couple other videos, uh, something, you know, a family trip from Shenandoah that we did this past year. Um, but I really, I really enjoy trying to put out a video that, that will inspire people, inspire people to get out, inspire people to enjoy the outdoors and, um, and the, you know, the Appalachian Trail is a great place to do that. But, you know, if they don't live near the Appalachian Trail, get out and do something somewhere else. Um, uh, three friends of mine, I don't know if you're familiar with them, the Wander Women, um, their channel, they, they're triple crowners. And they are all in their, one of them's 50s and, and the other's in, two in the 60s. And they've inspired me so much just to get out. And, um, and, you know, they always encourage you to get out and meet people and, and find your wild. And, and that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to, I, I've always enjoyed photography, uh, always enjoyed music. So I like, I think putting photography and music together is such a powerful medium and a, and a great way to inspire people. And hopefully, you know, I, I can do that. You know, I could, you know, within a, certain framework. That's really what I'd like to do. So yeah, vlogging's new to me and I, I hope to get better at it as I go. Um, I know, I think it's going to be tough to, sometimes it's a challenge to upload 
I'm finding that even in New York City, I'll go to upload a video and it, and it, you know, something goes wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so frustrated on the trail when this happens. And I know it's going to be even tougher out there, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting some good, you know, YouTubes out. I'll probably, I, I'm not going to try to put out a video every day. I'll probably be a, a vid, video every three to four days because I, I don't want the YouTube. It, it'd be a big part of the, the hike, um, but I don't want it to take over the hike. I want to enjoy the hike. Um, I will Instagram every day. You know, I'll do that. I'll shoot pictures out every day so people can know where I'm at. And I'm going to try to keep Instagram and YouTube YouTube as close to real time as I possibly can, hopefully with, you know, within a week of the YouTube videos, because I think that's the best way for people to know where I'm at and and to actually meet people up along the trail. And that's one of the beauty of hiking now, right, as opposed to even 20 years ago is your friends, your family and and strangers could follow you along your journey and give you words of encouragement. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been encouraging people at work, my workplace now, and they've started to watch the vlogs, um, and you know they're excited about it. You know, all my family, uh, none of them have followed other YouTubers hiking. You know, so this is will all be new to them. What the, you know, I watch vlogs every year, and I see the same views over and over again. Like I know the trail, you know, pretty much all the way from, you know, Georgia to Maine because I've watched so many YouTubes, but I'm, I'm excited that people can follow me and they're going to be seeing all of these places, many of them for the first time. And so I'm excited to be able to bring that to them. Stan, as a fellow YouTube junkie watcher, somebody watches a lot of YouTubes, I don't know about you, but when I've gotten to certain sections that I've seen over and over again on video on the computer and I get there in person and I just kind of like capture the moment and say, wow, this is so yeah. cool. I've only yep. thought about or seen this and now I'm actually here taking this all in. Yeah. That experience while you've been hiking. Oh, absolutely. Just been out there and, and just like, wow, I've seen this place and now I'm so excited to see it for real. You know, uh, dragon's tooth was one of those places and McAfee's knob just to get up there and, and see these places and it's like wow you know this is this is great and i i i've hiked all over all over the united states i've hiked out in the west coast magnificent views out there and i've hiked out on of course in the east coast and um man it all of these places are beautiful in their own right you know it's just you get to some of these places and, and you're just like, wow, this is just so beautiful. And, and, but you can, it never, photos and videos never do it justice because you can't catch the feel of being there in that moment, you know? And, and sometimes I've sat on a, like gone up to catch a sunrise and I'm the only one there and, or a sunset and I'm the only one there. And I've thought, you know what? I'm the only person in the world at this moment catching this view. No one else has seen it at this spot at this time except for me. And it makes you feel very small, but very privileged in the same sense to just be able to to have that, 
moment. It, it is special. And I think maybe it's you can only really relate to it maybe if you've actually experienced it. Yeah, absolutely. When you sit there and just allow yourself to take it all in and and, and become I don't, consumed by it. Just basically, yeah, yeah. I am sitting here in this spot seeing this. Nobody else is. This is mine. Yeah. And I'm enjoying this. Yeah. And and you're you know, you you catch it at that moment in time that you couldn't plan it because you know how that is in the mountains and in places at times, you know, the way the clouds form and the sun shines through, you know, it may never look like that again. And it's just, and you happen to be there lucky enough to catch it at that time. And it, it just, it's so special to be able to do that. Now Stan, back to the YouTube channel. I just want to say that you're off to a great start. Well, thank you. Did it to try and improve it. Is there any special equipment you're bringing with you? Just my iPhone Pro 13 Max, um, you know, a nice tripod. I tried those little Gorilla tripods, so they couldn't support the size of the phone now because, I, you know, with the iPhone Pro 13 Max, that's a big phone, and it's in an outer box, so it just couldn't, couldn't support the weight. So I went out, and I'm going to take a weight penalty with my tripod uh, just because of the fact that, you know, I think it's worth it. Uh, just to have a good tripod. So no, that's it. Just my iPhone and my tripod. And that's really my only um, camera equipment. But the, as you know, that that iPhone is a powerful camera. The gig can do a great job. It is amazing. The quality of the videos people are putting out. Yeah. With the gear, you talked about taking the weight penalty and another question just popped into my mind. I don't know if you're an ounce counter. Do you have an idea what your base weight is on your pack at this point? Um, my winter base weight, right around 15 pounds. Um, you know, I've, I've gone, spent the, you know, good amount of money to try to get as light as possible. And, uh, you know, I've done that over the last few years. And so some of my equipment's used, <laughs> hope it, hope it go, makes it through the whole through hike, but if not, I'll replace it. But, um, yeah, the, the, one of the very first trips I took about six years ago was, was the section and from New Jersey, Delaware Water Gap. And I went from, uh, from, uh, Delaware Water Gap up to, um, where did I hike that first day? It's only like the, the Mohican Outdoor Center. If you're familiar yes. with that up by yes, Sun Pond. Yep. And I did that section. I thought I was going to die. I really did. I had a, I had a heavier pack and I, and I packed my fears like they tell you not to do. And I, and I was green. I didn't know as much about it. And I was walking, I was hiking during, during through hike season because I wanted to meet through hikers and pick their brain. And uh, man, my pack had to be 45, 50 pounds had to be, I never weighed it. But I remember getting up to Sunfish Pond and and my and I was always a strong hiker and, and my legs felt like they were you know gonna fall off. I said this is ridiculous. And I got up to Mohican Outdoor Center. It was like eight miles in, and I was done for the day. And, uh, and then I heard through hikers talking. They were like, "Oh, we're going up to the next shelter," and they'd already hiked from New Jersey, and they were you know putting in twenty twenty five miles. And I was like, "How do you do this?" And I started going through my stuff with them. And, and they were like, dude, you got enough food here for six days. You're only out for three. <clears throat> so it was, um, that was a good, good lesson right there. And I was like, wow, I got to get, you know, 
I have to get lighter. And so that was my first lesson. My first backpacking trip back in 1972 was up to Sunfish Pond. We parked at Worthington State Park. And for a seven-year-old, that was that was a pretty good yeah. hike. Oh, you were seven when you did that? I Seven. And I mean, oh, I, I had like a, you know, this is like 19, 1972. So we had canvas backpacks. But I remember. Yeah, they didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have like backpacks back then. That could throw a lot at you. I've told people, you don't think you're out of the woods when you leave Pennsylvania. Because right. from the Delaware Water Gap on up through the high point, you're still, mm-hmm. your feet are still taking a beating. Oh, yeah. There's the, people, I've talked to so many through hikers that they are shocked when they get to New York, that they are so surprised because they think it's going to be like, you know, the New Jersey boardwalk. And that's kind of what their idea of New York and New Jersey is. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're hitting a lot of getting a lot of puds and rocks, stuff to slow you down in the state of New York. It's it's really not that easy. And I've 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 actually you know watched some people's vlogs, and they're kind of the you know the they're kind of newbies and they're hiking through Georgia, and they're kind of complaining about some of the rocks on the trail. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that looks like a very smooth trail. I'm like, wait till you get up here up east a little further. I'm like, you're going to be be in for a little bit of a shock. But, you know, by then I'm sure they're used to it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's New York is not that easy. People get a little bit of a shock when they get up there. They, they don't think of New York and New Jersey as being difficult. Or at least you look right. at the map. So it's not, not the Adirondacks or even the Catskills. How hard could it be? But. Exactly. Exactly. Now, compared to... You know, New Hampshire and Maine, it's not tough. But, you know, compared to other things, it it's tough. Yeah, so you've got a good training ground right in your backyard. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And and I appreciate, we you know, like Harriman Park up in New York, it's the AT goes right through it. And um, there's tons of trails up there, hundreds of miles of trails. And so I've hiked all of that just in preparation. And, um, you know, many type hike trails in the Catskills and, you know, all over the place. Just and like you said, the the uh, Appalachian Trail up and down through there many, many times. You know, I've, I've been most sections three, four times. Harriman's pretty cool. We we do a lot of hiking there, my friends and I. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cool park. All right. You could go there. There's just so many trails, so many things to see there. We've gone to some of the abandoned mines, and yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I got it in my mind a couple of years ago. I said I'm going to hike every trail in Harriman State Park before I do my through hike. That was, and so I, I just started. I got the, got the trail, uh, the, the maps, and just started hiking them and, and marking them off as I went. And the way those trails up there, as you know, are set up, you're going to have to end up hiking hiking some of them several times to get to one trail that you haven't done yet. So I just kept going through all these trails. And, and, and because of COVID, I was able, you know, there was nothing going on in the city. So I was able to get out of the city every weekend and hike these trails. And I was able to, you know, reach the goal of hiking every trail in Harriman State Park. I'll say this, every marked trail in Harriman State Park because you know there's a ton of unmarked ones too. Uh but yeah, so I've got that was that was a goal that I set that I was able to accomplish, which was really fun. Yeah, I can imagine. And like I said, there there's just so much to hike there. Yeah. You know what's cool? It's so close to New York City. 
Mm-hmm. You're right, you, you leave the city and you're like, well, this is so close and there's just so much here. You just and, and you have that wilderness experience. Yeah, there's more people around at Harriman than you might find up in the Adirondacks, maybe. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's still you get a really cool outdoors experience just hiking around there. Yeah. And you can see the city from there, which provides, you know, great views, uh, you know, something different. You got the mountains and you have the city in the background. Um, I I honestly you know, the Harriman State Park for me was something I discovered within the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I kind of, you know, didn't think that there was any place to really hike around the city. I was like, oh, if I'm going to hike out east, I've got to either get up to the Catskills or Adirondacks, you know, or Maine, New Hampshire. Other than that, everything is out west. So I did a lot of hiking out west, which I loved. Um and I didn't think, about, you know, there was anything really good to hike close to New York City. And boy, was I wrong. I discovered the Appalachian Trail and said, and, and then Harriman State Park. And I was like, wow, I, I, I was cheating myself all these years. I could have been hiking up here. Stan, I feel the same way. I grew up probably about as close to Harriman as you live. And, and, and I've moved from that area. And I look back, and I'm like, wow, that was so close why didn't i just spend more time up there because most of my yeah. hiking was west jersey pennsylvania and, and it wasn't until recently i got up there and started enjoying all the trails yeah and that there's beautiful lakes in there you know i've i've gone up there and set my tent up um you know and just hiked camped along the lakes up there and it's beautiful it's got some great you know sunsets and sunrises on those lakes and just just beautiful to a place to hike close to the city. So anybody, if you're listening to this and you're close to New York City, get up to Harriman State Park. It's a great place to to get out and spend some time in. I want to talk a little bit more about gear here before we finish up. So at this point, are you dialed in on your gear or are you still? Pretty much. Yeah, my big three. I mean, I've got, you know, I've, I've got a Z-Pax Arc Zip. Um, I've got an enlightened equipment bag, 20 degree. Uh, I've got a liner that I use with it for the colder months. Um, and then I've got a Z-Pax duplex tent. So my big three are dialed in. Um, and most of my little stuff, I, I have a few little things to pick up yet. I, I'm going to get a new pad, uh, the Thermarest pad, because I got my sister to get me a pump sack for Christmas, and guess what? It doesn't work with the valve on the old, the old Thermarest, the the Neo Air X light. So now I'm going to get a different Neo Air X light that will work with that pump sack because I've found out when I it's tougher to blow those things up when you are out in the cold weather. It's like, you know, your lips kind of freeze up a little bit and it, it's tougher to blow up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get the pump sack. I'm going to going to get get it, you know. But so now because I got the pump sack, it, I want to get the, the Thermarest, the new one that's got the valve that it fitted. They don't make an adapter for it because I ask. As far as I know, they don't to go from the old valve to the pump sack. But now when I go to buy the, the new the the new Neo Air X light it comes with the pump sack so now my sister doesn't know it yet but I'm gonna say hey can uh can you send the pump sack back and we'll do an REI gift card or something like that 
Right. Maybe maybe exchange it for some socks or uh, yeah. some other gear you might need. I, I have a few things just to pick up here and there that I want to change out. Uh, but I'm pretty much all dialed in. I mean, I I could basically start my through hike today, and 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 be fine. And and that again comes with you know years of preparation on this, right? And mm-hmm. Studying it. You've heard you've heard what works, what doesn't work. Yep. You've been paying attention to what through hikers have said. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching. Yeah, I watch every vlog possible and and talk to as many through hikers as possible. Just to, you know, and then find out what works for me, you know, because what works for me may not work for another person, you know, uh, shoes. Uh, You know, I'm real big on La Sportivas. Those work great for me. You know, other people, it's all about the ultras, you know, the zero drop. I I tried them on. I was like, this is not going to work for me. So I'm like, I'm going to stick with my La Sportivas because why fix it if it's not broken? You know, the shoe works great for me, and that's like tires on your car. That's the question I always dreaded. You know, over the years, people ask me, you know, can you can you recommend a shoe? And that's the one piece of gear I just say, you no, can't. I can't. I can't because we all have different feet. What works right. for me might not work for you. Yeah, absolutely, 100% true. Right? The best thing to do is just go to one of these outfitters, go to a good outfitter, uh, you're probably familiar with Campmore. That's near where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I used to, it was that, that. I used to love going there. Sure. I I haven't been there in a while, but that they have everything there. Right, and that's an example. And and, and I think back the, a couple of years ago, somebody asked me, and they lived in that area. I said, mm-hmm. go in there, and they will take their time and let you try on shoes. And they even have a a ramp so you can walk yep. up and down to get that feeling of what it's going to feel like. Yeah. Are your toes banging into the shoe box? And yeah, you know, some of the things you need to know. And plus, you know, the big factor in finding good hiking shoes is go at the end of the day, go when your feet are swollen. Yeah. Because those shoes that fit at you, fit you at eight o'clock in the morning when you've had a good night's sleep might feel pretty tight by the end of the that's day. That's a very good point. I, I hadn't even thought of that really, but that's a really good point. Go at the end of the day after a hike when your feet are swollen. And um, I thank you. I never thought about that. That uh, is be a good practice to do. That now that I think about that, nothing can ruin a hike more, other than bugs, um, than to you know have shoes that are not fitting your feet correctly. Because, like you said, those are your tires. Yeah, those are your tires. You're if if your feet are bad, you you're not hiking. Right, here your feet comes first. Yeah, you can find a way to get warm if you're cold. If you don't have, you know, there's other thing, other ways to take care of other issues while you're hiking. But your feet, yeah, that's just so important. A hundred percent. Stan, those of us who want to follow you, besides our upcoming series on the podcast at Papa Bear Hikes, how else can we follow you? Uh, just on YouTube, it's Stan the Man Hikes, and on Instagram, it's Stan the Man Hikes. Yeah, they, the Instagram and YouTube's the same thing i thought it'd be easier that way so yeah just just those two places i really don't do facebook much there'll probably be all kinds of stuff posted on there from my kids and you know my sister who's on facebook a lot more i'm sure she'll they'll be sharing that with everyone but uh no those those are the two mediums that i'll be using Okay, and we'll be sure to have links to the, your YouTube channel and Instagram in the description for yep. the podcast. Stan, I want to thank you again for 
uh, agreeing not just to come on this episode, but to agreeing to take part in our series in 2022, where we're going to be following you and maybe in a virtual sense out there with you possibly, but cheering you on and encouraging you. I want to thank you for agreeing to do that as well. Man, thank you. Uh, Like I said, I feel so privileged that you found my channel and you wanted me to be a part of this. And people, please, if you haven't, go check out Stan's YouTube channel. You will you will enjoy it. Stay posted for this series because it's getting more and more exciting. We have somebody else. It looks like they're going to come on next week and, and share their journey. Uh, so there's going to be some special things coming up in 2022. Stan, thanks again. Everybody, get out there. Be safe. Remember, it's getting a little chilly, so make sure you keep yourself warm and stay safe. Thank you, Papa Bear. It's been great. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at PapaBearHikes at gmail.com. Or check us out at PapaBearHikes01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Papa Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.